Welcome to Humanize from Discovery Institute's Center on Human Exceptionalism, where human rights meet human responsibilities. We speak with writers, thinkers, and newsmakers on the controversial issues of human life and human thriving that impact our daily lives. We are exceptional as creatures in the cosmos, as equal members of the human family, and as ethical beings. Humanize explores some of the fundamental questions. How do we thrive? How do we live well and care for what we've inherited? How do we act responsibly with one another and in the wider world? And how do we conserve the good things of this life for the future? We matter. Our actions matter. Let's get into it. I'm Wesley J. Smith, and this is Humanize. In the previous program with Donna Rice Hughes, we discussed how children are victimized by commercial sources of pornography and obscene internet content. It was an important conversation, and if you missed it, I urge you to take a listen by linking to this program's archive. Unfortunately, commercial pornography may not be the only source of inappropriate sexualizing of children. Some critics claim that sex education materials and social justice school courses are exposing students to graphic sexual content and inappropriate issues such as transgenderism for which they are not prepared. I confess I have little knowledge about these questions, and so I've asked someone on the program who does. Rebecca Friedrichs became an elementary school teacher in 1988 and has been an activist in opposing the power of teachers' unions. She is the author of Standing Up to Goliath, an expose about the abuses of union power. She is also the founder of the nonprofit organization For Kids and Country, a national movement of parents, teachers, students, faith leaders, and citizens uniting to restore our schools and culture, which, among other projects, tracks the sexualizing of students in school through its sex ed project, SEXXX which we will be discussing today. Her editorials have been published in Fox News, the Orange County Register, the San Diego Union-Tribune, National Review, Politico, and several other media outlets. She's been a guest on talk radio programs throughout the country and has appeared on Fox News, NBC, CBS News, and other programs. She is also a presenter for Prager University. Rebecca, welcome to Humanize. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you spent decades as a public school teacher. What attracted you to that profession? Oh, I knew from the time I was in sixth grade that I wanted to be a teacher. I um, I love love children, first of all. You need to love children if you're going to spend your whole day with them. But I, I really learned early on that um, some of my education wasn't top notch. My my teachers would maybe teach things in isolation and not give us the big picture. So I found myself confused a lot and having to go back and reteach myself later in life to understand concepts more fully. So I wanted to come into the classroom and really bring a, a complete um, education to the children and help them to see things from the large picture and the small picture. And I, I just really enjoyed doing that. I taught elementary school, kindergarten through fourth grade, and absolutely loved it. How has education changed since you first entered the classroom? 
oh my goodness, it's changed in every single way. Um, unfortunately, it was our, our schools were already corrupt when I started as a teacher in 1988. But over the last hundred years, they have morphed uh, drastically for the negative. So when our founders set up our educational system, they said that our schools, or, or we needed, the, the only way we could keep our free republic was with a well-educated moral citizenry that could self-govern. So they set up our schools in a very specific way using a classical liberal arts education where our students were getting accurate history, accurate science, uh, outstanding mathematics and uh, phonics and uh, writing skills, including cursive. Um, and and they, were, they just got a very full education, including the Greek and the Latin, so that they could understand the... Um, the, the root of the English language. Um, so we started out with this amazing education system. By the time I entered it as a child, we'd already thrown out the phonics, which is tragic. Uh, dyslexia didn't exist before phonics was removed from our schools. So kids weren't learning the reading very well anymore. Somehow I learned, my parents read with me a lot. But um, then when I became a teacher, I saw... Um, there were still teachers still had some autonomy. I saw some good in our schools. I, I had the ability to bring a good curricula. I was able to bring phonics back into my school district or help to do that. But the longer I stayed, the worse things got. The, um, the government really got deeply involved in our education. They created chaos, constantly changing the curriculum, constantly bringing in new things that were not studied or researched or, or even tried and true and removing things that were tried and true. So our educational system has slowly and completely gone from excellent to tragically not excellent, gone from a moral place for children to learn to be people of character to a place that's actually dangerous where they're learning uh, to under, you know, to where their parents' um, authority is being undermined. And, and our uh, American values are being undermined. That's, that's really tragic because, you know, when I grew up, uh, I got a terrific uh, education in public schools. Uh, I'm older than you. Uh, and I, I, uh, I remember quite well um, that there was a tremendous emphasis on our ability to read, our ability to write, on math, and so forth. And, you know, I'm, I'm not involved in the education issue particularly, but I have read story after story about the declining uh, standards uh, in our schools and that rather than help children who might have difficulty lift them up into a place where they're better off, we just basically are, are and this is beyond our scope today, but reducing standards to the point we're doing away with advanced placement classes. Mm -hmm. Precisely. And the tragic thing is it's been done on purpose. So we had a, um, and this is probably also beyond the scope of our talk, but we've had um, forces who literally entered our educational system in order to undermine our free republic. Uh, they started something called the Frankfurt School in 1933 that was started at Cambridge University in New York. And all of the people who ran that school and, and pushed um their ideology, they were Marxists, they were socialists, and they wanted to undermine the American free republic. And so they used the Frankfurt School to, to start indoctrinating um, administrators, superintendents, and then eventually they were able to spread their poison to our teacher colleges. So unfortunately, 
our teachers are not being trained anymore in excellence and morality and phonics and in Greek and Latin and in teaching our students excellence. Instead, they're being trained to turn our kids into social justice warriors and other unfortunate things. Your public advocacy began with opposing teachers unions, which we're not going to talk a lot about today, but you've also energetically engaged the issue of sex education for our kids. What sparked you to enter that provocative realm? That's a, that's a tough one. It's really tough. What sparked it was I saw the curriculum they were using. I I read the law. I live in California, so we're at the tip of the spear. And I heard about this law to bring this, quote, um, California Healthy Youth Act. They always make it sound so positive and wonderful. supposed to be healthy. Well, I read the law and I about died. Um, They're completely undermining parental authority, I started reading the six curricula that were approved by the state of California. All of them are equally pornographic and tragic. I'll just give you a few highlights. Um, uh, yeah. So, it, and this is happening in all states now. It's not just California. I was going to ask you uh, that. Started, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I don't want people to think, oh, I can rest. I'm not in California. Started really in Oregon and California and in the West and it has moved to every single state. Why? Because it is being pushed by the teacher unions, shockingly, the PTA, the ACLU, the Southern Poverty Law Center, many um, uh, special interest groups that have infiltrated our schools, unfortunately. So they're, they're pushing it in all, all the states. And it's also coming out of the United Nations. So it's being pushed in other countries as well. So one of the things they you know, they tell teachers that we're supposed to teach, uh, and I apologize to your audience for sharing this, but they, they're literally training teachers that we're supposed to teach the kids how to use dental dams, which is a piece of vinyl, and we're supposed to tell the kids to use it as a shield between their mouth and their partner's anus. Wait, wait, excuse um, me. I read this. They're, they're teaching the- children. What age are they teaching children about anal sex? Well, in California, this is required in both a middle school and high school, but a teacher can do it at any age level in any uh, subject. It has completely taken over. Like I said, our our schools are are not being run by parents and good teachers anymore. They're run by these corrupt organizations. Uh, and Are you saying that it is required that what you just described be taught? I'm saying that this is in the curricula and we are told that we have to teach from these six curricula. I'm sure there are some school districts that are quietly making sure they don't teach from those curricula. You know, they're finding ways to get around it because it is child abuse. But if your child is in the classroom of an activist, a union activist who is go, who wants to push this stuff, your child's going to get it. And another thing they wrote into the law was at least in California, was that if, if teachers were unqual- not qualified to teach this, then the experts would be brought in. So what that means is if a teacher says, I'm not teaching this, it's child abuse, they say, no big deal, Planned Parenthood will come in and teach it. So we have school districts all around the country who have contracts with Planned Parenthood. They will be happy to come in and teach these disgusting, uh, pornographic, in my opinion, it's pedophilia for an adult to be teaching these things to children. Um, and they will come. Well, teach how it would you to be qualified to teach that? They must have courses in it, then, right? Well, what they're doing is they're coming into the schools through, um, you know, teachers get 
training uh, during the school year. And so one of the ways that I found out about this graphic sex ed, I, I had first had a parent reach out to me and she said, "My daughter, this is being taught in my daughter's class. She sent me the curricula. It was written by Planned Parenthood. It's called Making Proud Choices. And in there, she pointed, pointed me to a lesson called the condom relay races, where a teacher was taught to in in mixed company, because you're not allowed to question or, you know, assume gender anymore. So in mixed company, these kids were playing a relay race with fully, fully erect penis models on the table. And they were putting condoms on these penis models. And this was supposed to be a fun game. What, what, this what was child abuse. was this? Oh, this was fifth, fifth grade. This mother, that's the 10. mother that sent that's this That's 10 years old. Fifth grade, 10, 10 year olds. That's right. So when I read that, I said, this is child abuse. My blood boiled. And then within a few months, a teacher in my own district in Capistrano Unified in South Orange County, California, where it's supposed to be so conservative here, this teacher reached out to me and she said, I had a, a forced training today or this week, and I'm a health teacher, middle school health teacher, and they told me I had to teach this. And they ta taught her the condom relay races. They taught her about the dental dams, I already told you. And she said within 10 minutes of the training, she said, whoa, 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 where's the parent letter? Where's the parent uh, permission? What is going on here? We're not going to teach this. And the teachers, none of them wanted to teach it. They were all mortified. Yeah. But it's, it's still going on. So um, it's shocking. They can take your children for an abortion at any age without parental knowledge or permission during in the school California. day. You will not know that your child had an yeah. abortion in more than California. California, yes, for decades yeah. they've been doing it here, but it's in many in fact, states. In California, there's, there were two initiatives, voter initiatives to require parent, just not even consent, but notification. But the people of California turned it down. The people of California said, I don't want to know if my daughter has had an abortion, which is dangerous when you consider that there could be side effects that could impact that girl's health. Well, it's highly dangerous. And I have to say, as a, as a, uh, I've, I've lived in California my entire life. I'm fourth generation. And I can tell you, I can't find one person who agrees with this nightmare. I can't find one person who thinks it's okay for their child to be taken for an abortion. We've been fighting against this. We fight at the local level. Our voices are silenced by a corrupt media. We have a very corrupt election system here. We believe that our, our I don't know the last time my vote counted. So we really don't know. Um, we don't believe those of us that live here and involved, we don't believe the people are voting for this nightmare. We believe we're being undermined. Uh, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm older than you. Uh, but um, when I took sex, we did have sex education. Um, you know, we were told but what was at that time called the facts of life. Uh, we had sexual uh, sex education also, and that was in eighth grade. And in, in high school, we had sex education where you were told how babies are made and so forth, but it wasn't done. And you know, I was trying to remember this. It's been a long time, but it wasn't done in a, in a titillating way. And in fact, there was a great emphasis placed on helping us learn methods of self-restraint because, you know, when you're a teenager, the hormones are churning. Uh, and uh, I, I do remember that, that time of my life. But the, the entire focus was on giving us information and helping us to act responsibly what, what at that time was considered responsible. Uh, obviously, that isn't the case anymore. Uh, and, and you brought up, a, I was reading some of your materials, 
and this is something I hadn't heard of before. I've always heard of sex education, but you mentioned something called comprehensive sexual education. I suspect those are not the same thing. Am I right? So comprehensive sexuality education is very, very different than the sex ed that you received when you were a child. Um, Comprehensive sexuality education, or CSE for short, is being pushed through the United Nations, Planned Parenthood, um, the so-called teacher unions, and a whole conglomeration of really uh, radical groups that have a coalition together, and they are pushing this onto our children. Um, Their idea of comprehensive is that everyone has sexual rights. They want to teach our children their sexual rights. They uh, tell our children, they're not teaching uh, abstinence anymore, or, um, you know, even to, uh, I mean, they're not even teaching us the beauty of of sexuality anymore. It's all about, um, hey, you know, uh, you should, there's all these different genders out there, and you could be any of these genders, and your gender could change any day. And, uh, you know, you, have you ever thought about homosexuality or being a transgender? You know, you should try it sometime. They're actually putting ideas into our children's heads. They're not teaching them about the birds and the bees. Um, they're not teaching them about the biology of it, or they might touch on that for, you know, a very short portion. Most of it is truly indoctrination. And in my opinion, and I have read all of the curricula, I am speaking from a place of, of knowledge, it's grooming. It's grooming our children to be taken advantage of by um, people who who want to do them harm. And a, well, let me let me interrupt you. That's that's a quite a strong statement. Uh, I can I think I can accept the idea that what what is being promoted here is uh, a ethic of hedonism, that mm-hmm. the values of society have shifted. Uh, from the day, as I was talking about, you know, when I was young and, and the idea of restraint, that it is now a, a uh, the value of hedonism and, and open sexual expression is is probably the predominant value system in the country. But that's different than saying that uh, that this education is intended to make it so that kids can be exploited physically. So I'd like you to, if you would, um, perhaps justify that statement. Sure. Well, if you saw all of the, like I said, I've read all of the curricula. So I've seen all the shocking um, content that is being delivered to our children. Um, So for example, we have activist teachers telling preschoolers, when you were born, your parents didn't know your gender. So they assigned you one and you'll figure out your gender someday from this spectrum of genders. Hold on. That is What, What age? From preschool. From preschool, they're telling these little boys and girls they don't know their gender? Yeah, and they're not allowed to call them boys and girls anymore. And they're not supposed to say mommy and daddy anymore. It's your parents. And it's really frightening. That To me, that is attacking your very identity. Okay, you're born a boy. Yes, that is. If if you're telling a little kid she can't call mommy, mommy, that that caused, I can't imagine what issues that might cause. Exactly. So it's very, to me, it's, it's, it's a psychologically damaging. And so then another thing they're doing is they're presenting when you read these lessons, they present and, and they do it in what they call a fun way. They say it's age appropriate because they create games like that condom relay races I shared with you. That's a game. It's supposed to be appropriate. It's not appropriate at all. But they have these games where the kids are, are getting advice 
from other children. And the advice is things like, you know, you should just sleep around. Or, oh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, one girl slept with a, a guy and it didn't work out. So then she slept with a girl. And and it's just, it's 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 really, um, I can't come up with the word except that when How about subversive? I, it will definitely subversive for sure. But when you and I were taught sex ed, we were not taught to go get involved in things against our own values or our parents' values or things that could harm us physically that could cause, you know, sexually transmitted diseases or something. We were taught to protect ourselves. We were taught to value and honor. This is the completely opposite. Um, they're also really uh, shockingly, there's things, uh, books that they recommend for teachers to use in addition to the curricula. And a lot of these books are promoting things. I, I mean, one of them's a cartoon that shows a couple in bed having sex, it shows this woman's breasts floating up in the air. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's shockingly, it, it's making children um, desensitized to sexual uh, content. It's almost like little children are seeing pornography. and Well, they are, and it's just done in a cartoon form. So that is going to set you up for accepting. Like if my parents told me, be careful of this, be wary of this, and then a guy tries to approach me, I'm going to be wary. If I'm told, oh, look, this is all fine. This is all great. And oh, and then they're, they're actually talking about young men having sex with men and saying that's okay. The, the CDC has on their website a whole, a whole long page about how it's okay and how we should affirm young men having sex with men. I thought that was pedophilia. So they're actually telling our children these things are okay. To me, that's dangerous and that's grooming. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly teaching a value system. Yes. Uh, whether it's actually making it so that children, for example, would be predated by adults is another question, which is how I interpret the word grooming. Well, no, I mean, there, there's more to it. Uh, I think grooming in, of any kind, if you're going to indoctrinate someone, well, you always start out kind of sweet. Hey, little boy, you want a piece of candy, right? Mm -hmm. You want to pet my puppy, right? You get their trust first. So, um, of course, that's part of it. And then we're going to present things to them that are age inappropriate, that their parents don't want them seeing, that they never should see or even know about at this age. So that's part of it. But then there's more. The the um, uh, California um, a State Board of Education sent an email to uh, school board members. And one of my girlfriends was a school board member who received this email. And this email told them, here for, uh, you know, during the COVID lockdowns, here's an online resource your teachers can use to train the kids. Well, my friend who's on the school board cares and does her due diligence. She opened it, looked, it was shocking material. Uh, one of the lessons written by a young gal was telling children that during COVID-19, here's five tips for your sexual health during COVID-19. One of the tips was to go online and talk to quote sex experts. And she gave them links to directly connect with these quote sex experts online. Every parent I know wants to protect their children from some online quote sex expert. Yeah. But here our board of education sent a link to use for teachers to use to actually direct children. To th that sounds predatory to me. 
and well, I, I understand why you would say that. Uh, also, it sounds to me like this was sent to teachers, and you saw this material, correct? Personally, I, I saw this material. Yes, I wrote about it too. I have yeah, I, I have read the article, and we'll post it on the um, on the link on the program notes uh, when the when the program posts. But this was not sent to parents. Parents were not told that that uh, these links were being made available. Is that right? Of course, they were not sent to parents. Here's another thing. I write about this. I actually have three chapters in my book about this sex ed. So if people want to get into more details and understand it better, I have talked to multiple parents, including people in my family, you know, uh, siblings, in-laws, who have gone into the schools and public schools and said, hey, I want to see the curricula you're using to teach my child sex education. Here's what happened to one gal who went in. She saw, she was troubled by some things her daughter brought home. Her daughter was 11. She brought home this sheet that had all these words on it, like masturbation and other words that were totally inappropriate for her 11-year-old daughter to be learning in school. So she went to this, she called me first and said, what do I do? And I said, go to the school, ask to see the curricula. She took a day off of work asked to see the curricula. They treated her rudely. They wouldn't let her go into a private location. They told her she had to look at it at the school, in the school office where everyone was walking by. She spent three hours combing through hundreds of pages of this curricula. She said she was so embarrassed by what she was reading. People walking by, she was just flushed and embarrassed. She read things like, pregnancy makes you fat. She saw these nasty lessons like, yeah, I don't know if she saw the exact condom relay races, but she saw nasty lessons like that that were inappropriate. She saw everything she read. She said, I never read one thing. They claimed to me that this uh, 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 curricula was teaching our children abstinence and teaching them about adoption if they get pregnant. She said, I saw almost zero evidence of that, maybe one or two pages. The rest of it was all indoctrinating her children. Another thing she did was she asked them, to provide to her, they had like a parent link where you could go online and see the curricula. Mm-hmm. So she did this first. She went online and she and I looked together at that curricula. It was highly redacted. It only showed the portions that most parents wouldn't have a problem with, like a, uh, teaching kids about adoption or um, uh, the, bio- the biology of sex. But then when she went into the school and actually handled the curricula, Hundreds more pages there that were not on the parent link. So they are definitely trying to hide this information from Yeah, parents. that brings up uh, a, a larger question uh, that was actually part of the Virginia governor's race uh, recently. Uh, only that was not dealing so much with uh, sexual issues, but to critical race theory and things. And, and the uh, loser, the governor who, the candidate who lost uh, uh, Mr. McAuliffe basically said that, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not the parent's business what is taught in school. And it sounds to me like the education establishment actually believes that it is not the parent's business what their kids are being taught in school. That's right. And they say, it. when I was um, teaching about halfway into my career, because I was forced to fund the unions, I never wanted to be a part of them because I watched them defend abusive teachers. I watched it with my own eyes. And they kept their jobs while good teachers lost their jobs. And I thought that was immoral and dangerous for the kids. And um, anyway, but I had to pay them. So about halfway through my career, I decided to become a union rep and try to change things from the inside. Well, it was impossible to change things. It's so deeply corrupt. But I saw a lot. 
and I heard a lot and I heard their words. They, they do not believe that parents are to lead the education and raising of their children. They believe the government should do that. And they are purposely trying to morph that. You know, our Republic is built on our American values, Judeo-Christian virtue. We believe the parents have been given the, the right and the authority to raise and educate their children. Well, these folks running yeah, our I would hope right atheists now, would believe that. Absolutely. I yeah. agree with you. But if you're someone who's trying to morph a republic into a Marxist, socialist, you know, communist type of, of government, you believe that the state controls and educates the children. And that's precisely what they're pushing. That's an interesting point. I, um, As I was preparing for this interview, uh, I picked up a, an article by Abigail Schreier, uh, who has been very active in uh, dealing with these transgender issues. And the title of it, it's from her um, uh, blog site. It's called The Truth Fairy. I don't have the URL. But she, she writes, How Activist Teachers Recruit Kids. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a uh, expose of the California Teachers Association, who I'm, <laughs> which I'm sure you're familiar with, mm-hmm. and how there was a conference and there were presentations by social activist teachers on how to help other teachers escape parental oversight. And you know, I, went re- I went reading through this, and here was one um, that one of the teachers said. It had to be- do with the LGBT things. It said, because this is a quote that um, Abigail Schreier uh, saw, because it was taped. She, she's quoting a tape. Because we are not official, we have no club rosters and we keep no records. And this is a Buena Vista middle school teacher. In fact, sometimes we don't really want to keep records because if parents get upset that their kids are coming, we're like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they came. You know, we would never want a kid to get in trouble for attending if their parents are upset. So there basically is an attempt by some teachers, at least, to keep parents in the dark about what their children are being taught. And this entire article, it's called How Activist Teachers Recruit Kids. You may want to look at it by Abigail Schreier, S-H-R-I-E-R. Here's another quote. There was a parent backlash, as you've described, occurring. And this is the quote. Next year, we're going to just do a little mind trick on our sixth graders. They were last to go through this presentation, and the gender stuff was the last thing we talked about. So next year, they'll be going first with this presentation, and the gender stif- stuff will be the first thing they're talked about. That way, we can parents who oppose this material being taught will find that their objections arrive too late, close quote. So, so the, at least in some schools, there really is an apparent attempt by teachers who think they know better than parents and want to, um, I think indoctrinate is the right word, mm-hmm. uh, t- uh, have children have a certain belief system about sexuality and perhaps other issues mm-hmm. to avoid parental oversight and even parental knowledge about what's being taught. Mm-hmm. And then it strikes me, we wonder why so many children are depressed and mm-hmm. why so many children uh, are, su- are, are in danger of suicide because these things are actually coming between parents 
and their children. And, 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 and the teachers should be working with parents, not, a, not um, interfering in that relationship, which also has other issues, which we can't get into such as family breakup and, and drug abuse and this kind of thing. Right. So it, it really, with children in such a precarious place, this, this is truly alarming. Well, it really is. And everything you said, I, I agree with. Um, this is why I tell parents, pull your kids out of the public schools before it's too late, because it's happening in almost all of our public schools. There are good teachers. I was a hardworking, loving teacher who would have never done these things to my students. My husband taught 42 years. He never would have done these things to our, his students. But the teacher unions are purposely planting these activists in our schools nationwide. And the clubs you taught, talked about, I have had teachers who have personally witnessed at California Teacher Association, uh, they have a lot of meetings, like leadership meetings, personally witnessed where the teacher unions tell the teachers, hey, everybody, you know, you want to start this club at your school? I can't remember the name of the clubs right now, but it has to do with all this LGBTQ, precisely what you discussed, um, indoctrinating these kids and keeping it from their parents. The CTA pays teachers large sums of money to start these clubs and to pr do precisely what you said, recruit. They recruit kids. I've watched video of these CTA meetings where these teachers are talking about how they purposely target the kids that are depressed or going to the counselor's office and they do recruit them into these clubs. This is highly immoral. They're lying to the parents. In my opinion, these, these are not real teachers. These are activists who need to be removed from our schools immediately. And it's dangerous. And the CTA not only funds it, they push it. They're 100% behind it. So you're saying that, I want to be clear, that teachers obviously get their salaries and that if they wish to participate in this activism, the union itself pays them a stipend to do this? Uh, I don't think it's a stipend. It's money to run the club. Money to run I, the club. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if so, it's a stipend. So, yeah, so they will fund the expenses that this teacher might might incur uh, to run the club, maybe the materials that are purchased it, or whatever. Exactly, whatever and, might go and, on. and they wine and dine these teachers and they manipulate their minds and tell them, oh, these poor kids, they need this club. And so then uh, some of these teachers are truly just indoctrinated. They believe that these kids need to be straightened out, that you know they might be transgender on the inside and they need help to know it. So some of these teachers are truly you know, activists who who believe this stuff you know, and others have been indoctrinated to believe this stuff. So it, it's, it's frightening. And it's true. They're hiding it from the parents. They're fighting against the parents. They hold parents in contempt. Yeah. I, have pers I have personally gone to uh, several times to the state, our state capitol. And on one occasion, a whole bunch of us there were hundreds of us. I mean, we overflowed the room of the Senate Education Committee, and we were all there just asking for transparency in the sex ed because there's no transparency and it's it's dangerous. And so hundreds of us, we brought boxes loaded with thousands of letters from Californians stating we want transparency. On the other side, standing for this radical sexualization of our kids and not offering transparency to the parents, 
So on the other side was about 10 people. They were all paid lobbyists. They were from the PTA, the teacher unions, the ACLU, and Planned Parenthood. Those 10 got their way. The Senate Education Committee, which is our, our California legislature, the teacher unions have a two-third supermajority. I say the teacher unions because they're the ones putting all these people in office and, and controlling them. And so that Senate Education Committee voted not to give transparency to parents on this radical sex ed. They thought there's nothing wrong with it. Of course, they voted on party lines. The Democrats voted for the sex ed and the Republicans voted against, the, the Republicans voted to give the parents transparency, but there weren't enough Republicans. So we all lost. We all left that day. Hundreds of us plus thousands of letters were ignored by. Yeah. One party rule uh, when it's like in California discourages citizen participation for that very reason, because the fix is in and it doesn't matter what, what people might say. But on the other hand, elections have consequences and the people of California are voting these people in and have given uh, the left of, of the political spectrum all the power in California. And as a former Californian, I, I think you can see the consequences that are flowing from that, uh, not only in this issue, but in other issues. You know, I, I, I want to move on to something else that you're doing um, uh, in a positive sense, in the sense of uh, trying to support good teachers. But before we do get to that, uh, I don't think it's just the curricula and teachers. Uh, there was a recent, um, I saw a recent Rod Dreher column uh, in which he uh, said there was, there's a, uh, and I've seen this in other places as well, there are actually books in school libraries that are pornographic uh, that may not be taught in the schools, but the kids can take out and uh, look at uh, without any kind of supervision or, or uh, parental knowledge. And uh, in this particular uh uh, post by Rod Dreher at the American Conservative, he showed a book called Gender Queer, and he actually reprinted the, it's like a comic book. I guess they call those graphic novels. When I was a kid, they were called comic books. But it is this cartoon, but very realistic depiction of, of events. And they showed graphic oral sex. They showed, uh, shall we say, sexual... Um, lubrication, uh, and things of this sort, uh, that I was just, you know, flummoxed by that, that you would ever do that to a child, um, because it showed a, and, and it presented a, an approach to life, which was certainly not something that most parents would want their child to be going and experimenting in anything that, that interested them or any, any fantasy they might have that they're supposed to go in and explore it and also move away from heterosexuality. Uh, you know, that's not getting into, you know, the morality of LGBT in the, in the sense of adults, but when we're talking about children and you have books telling them if it feels good, do it, which is uh -huh. something my generation came up with, baby boomers. I think that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And I'd love to see that article, by the way, if you can share it. Um, unfortunately, the reason why I focus so much on the government unions and helping people to understand that, that, that if you're funding a government union, you are likely funding this nightmare, the demise of your own values, the demise of your own child is because even the school librarians association 
is run by these same corrupt people. So the reason we have pornographic books in our school libraries is because the librarians are controlled. I mean, most librarians would be against that. They don't want pornographic books in the libraries. Most librarians I know are very good people, very almost prudish people. Um, yet the libraries are full of pornographic material. The librarians are not doing that. It's their union, their association. So that's what's happened to the teachers. All of all of education has been infiltrated by, they're not really unions, they say they are, but they're really pushing uh, um, an agenda and bringing a lot of damage. And so the reason I expose this is because people don't have to pay them anymore. We were forced to pay them for over 40 years, but we've, you know, won a, a lawsuit that has given them freedom, but they don't know they're free. So people don't have to fund this nightmare anymore. I just had a thought, uh, and excuse me if this seems like a rude question, but it strikes me that a lot of people would have a hard time believing what you're saying because it's so um, completely out of most of our lives, life experiences. Yeah. And uh, I suspect that sometimes you are criticized as, as being extreme or a nut. Uh, and again, please understand I'm saying that respectfully. <laughs> How do you respond to that kind of criticism? Because it's really a, um, what you're describing is, uh, a, is a very difficult um, picture for people to, to believe and accept because it is so uh, radical. Yeah, it really is. The Yes, people call me a nut. People attack me. The teacher unions call me the spawn of Satan. Um, <laughs> they come up with all kinds of hurtful uh, things. But the reason I keep fighting and the reason I keep exposing this is because it's true. I've seen it with my own eyes. Like I said, I served as a union rep for three years. And what I saw on the inside was shocking. And so I want to be real clear here. You don't write about things that you have not personally witnessed. Is that right? That's exactly right. Uh, now, if I didn't witness it inside the unions, I've seen it in a curricula. That's I've what I read mean. it. Yeah. 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 So, or I have a teacher friend who's experienced it and come and shared their testimony with me. And then I share their testimony. You know, I had a woman approach me about a month ago. I was actually in Virginia and she, I've known her for a long time. And she came up to me and she said, Rebecca, I want to apologize to you. And I said, for what? You haven't done anything. She said, I didn't believe you. I didn't believe your warning about the, it was the sex ed in this, in this case. I didn't believe your warning. I thought you were a kook. And she said, my daughter now thinks she's a boy. My daughter's yeah. caught up in this gender thing. And now I'm seeing it for what it, it's impacting her life now. And she just said, I'm so sorry. How can I help? I and saw a recent um, statistic that said for young young girls in particular, it's like 20 or, th I don't have the exact statistic, I'm sorry, but 20 or 30% now identify as non-binary. Uh, that's just got to, and that isn't something that happens by accident because these issues do exist. Children do get gender dysphoria. It is an important and urgent issue for parents and for doctors and so forth but that's a very small number that are act that used to be uh, in this. And now it's a much higher percentage for young people, particularly girls. I also, cause I've written about this in, in the United Kingdom, there were an awful lot of autistic children who were being treated with puberty blockers because mm -hmm. their teachers had convinced them 
that yeah. they were transgender. Yeah. I mean, that's taking advantage of children who have no ability to protect themselves and defend themselves. That's so, so, so these things are happening. They and absolutely are. The, the woman who approached me and apologized, her daughter's autistic. They target those kids. They're an easy target. To me, that's evil. To that is evil. That is, yeah, that is target, evil. Yeah. To target a child in any way, to sexualize a child, to put an idea into a child's mind that is that shouldn't be there, to undermine a parent, to lie to a parent, to say you're a teacher, and then instead of teaching a child to read, you teach a child sexual ideas and, and, and lies about their parents. All of that is evil. And so that's why I keep, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a voice in the wilderness. Yeah. And um, it's the reason I keep, keep shouting. And people are catching on. People are waking up. Uh, something about the critical race theory awakened people. I thought it would be the sex ed. A lot of people awakened from the sex ed, but I think like you said, too many people didn't believe us. They thought, oh, come on, they're making this up. But when the critical race theory hit, uh, people started to awaken. And I'd like to let people know, just for a warning, there's three things that these people are pushing onto our children in order to undermine our republic. They want to undermine our families and are, because families are, are, are the, the most important part in a community, right? In a society, they want to undermine our families and they want to undermine our free republic. And so they're doing three things in our schools, the radical sex ed called comprehensive sexuality education or CSE, critical race theory, which is a Marxist theory and social emotional learning. They Tell they you know drive our kids crazy by closing down the schools and doing putting masks on them and and teaching them critical race theory and telling them they're bad and all these things and then they say oh you're suicidal we need to help you we're going to use social emotional learning to help your child no social emotional learning or SEL is more of the same thing so CSE CRT and SEL work together to harm not to help so just a warning to parents very quick what is social emotional learning very quick. Well, it's basically, they claim that it's, it, it's kind of a psychology, kind of a way to come in and help children who are hurting, but it's not. It's really, it, it's almost identical to the comprehensive sexuality education and the CRT. When you read it, they use the same language. They're talking about the gender issues and, and race. It, it's just the same. It's just reinforcing the other things you were discussing. It, precisely. Precisely. I see. Let's, let's end on a more <laughs> positive note. The organization um, has a, an adopt a teacher project and you talk about the six E's embrace, educate, enlighten, empathize, encourage, and empower. What is that about? Well, most teachers, I would say about 85% still have no idea that they have been freed from forced unionism. Most of those teachers are good people who don't want to harm children, who are troubled by what's going on in our schools. They don't realize their union is behind it all, and they don't realize they are funding their own demise, the demise of the children. So we ask people, once you've been educated and you've learned the truth about what's going on, adopt every teacher you know, especially if it's a good person, uh, someone with good values, adopt them, do those six E's, you know, empathize with them. I'm, I'm really sorry you're in this bad situation. Educate them. Did you know that it's your union 
that's funding all of this, lobbying for all this nightmare. It's your union that's undermined you and, and, and taken away your autonomy and harmed your students. And then, you know, I'm really sorry you're going through that, but look, you got to stop paying them. Let's get, let's help you get out. Let's, and they can come to our website too for kidsandcountry.org and click on union exit. And we have everything they need to help them get out of the union. We answer the frequently asked questions because they're scared. We help them find liability insurance from independent sources that won't spend their money on politics. So it's all about educating people and then empowering them, standing with them. These teachers have been alone for decades. They've been bullied for decades. They've been isolated. They've been in a culture of fear for decades. So if we can educate them on who's behind it, and then the teachers can stop funding it, then maybe we can end the nightmare and get our schools back and and good teachers and parents can partner again together. It's clear to me you're not anti-teacher, you're pro-teacher. What you are is also pro-parent and and pro-quality education. 100%, yes. Parents are the first educator. Parents have the authority. They come to good teachers for support. We work together. I call it the education triangle. The child's at the top. The teacher and the parent are down at the bottom corners. And we work together to do what's right for that child, to educate that child, to help that child grow in moral character, to be a good citizen, to be productive. That's our job together. But unfortunately, outsiders have infiltrated our educational system. They've done it for their own power, for money. They are using our kids They are using our good teachers. They are using our families. They are using our tax dollars to make themselves powerful and wealthy. I think that's evil too. So I want to chase those people out, the the ones that are harming us, and bring our schools back to what they once were. And 100% pro-family, pro-parent, pro-teacher, pro-great education and protecting our kids. And and you are a teacher and, and, uh, and that's where your heart is. Yes. And I was a public school teacher and I would still be there if it wasn't for this corruption. I left because I felt someone needed to be the voice of good teachers. And and I couldn't do that while teaching all day. So I just every day I'm out telling people what good teachers really believe. Um, you know, And you know, the unions call me anti-public school, but I was a public school teacher for 28 years. And my husband was a t- public school teacher for 42 years. I'm against what they're doing to our public schools. I am for educating our our um, culture and in good education, 100% for that. Well, thank you for being with me today, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Wesley. It's been great. Thanks for listening to Humanize from Discovery Institute's Center on Human Exceptionalism, where human rights meet human responsibilities. Discover all the good work of the Center on Human Exceptionalism by visiting discovery.org. We can only do this work speaking on behalf of human life, human thriving, and our exceptional place in this world and our cosmos with your support. We invite you to make a one-time gift today and to consider starting a monthly gift to support the Center on Human Exceptionalism and this show. Wherever you're listening to Humanize, please take a moment to rate and review the show. You matter. Your actions matter. Be bold, be exceptional, and be back soon.